The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. How are you, sir? This is Pierre. Oh. I can't believe I'm talking to you, Dr. Ray the Great. Oh, I don't know about that. I love listening to you. You have a personality just like my father. I don't think you should feel helpless. You are helpless. Doctor, I really appreciate that. That makes me feel a lot better. You be at peace, or else I'm going to yell at you. Trying to find a reason to speak to you. I think you're the best thing since sliced bread. That Ray, he's something. Thank you so much for what you're doing for all the parents out there. I don't know what I can possibly do. I don't either. I'm getting my money worth, I think, at this phone call. Now, from the studios of Living Bread Radio Network in Canton, Ohio, the hometown of Mother Angelica, here's Dr. Ray. I'm still looking, still looking for a manalog here, kind of decide what I want to do. Don't really have one, so I'm going to share one of my own perplexities. But first, a little intro, this is The Doctor Is In, live call-in show, you are the guests. Oh, I get a lot of uh, email from various authors, folks who would want publicity, telling you why they're a great guest. Well, they don't tell you why they're a great guest. They tell me why they're a great guest. And I tell them, I already have guests. I have many guests. Every day, you. It's very easy for you to get on the program. Ten numbers. 877-573-7825. 57 equal. Question about something in your life, somebody in your life, situation, circumstance, something that is perplexing you, something that is distressing you, something that's frustrating you, or maybe it's doing none of those things. And you're thinking, well, it should be. Everybody's telling me it should be, but I'm not. I'm not upset like they think I should be. Is something wrong with me? You can call in to help somebody else. That happens a lot. People will say, I was in the situation of a previous caller. Here's how I resolved it, or here's how I looked at it, or here's how I lived with a lack of resolve in the situation. Of course, we've added another element. That is, if you have an insight, a thought, an idea, a strategy that you've that you've learned, I mean, obviously many of you have many of these, and you just have to think about them. But if one particular one hits you, and you want to share it, whether it's parenting or whether it's a successful marriage, whether it's faith walk, whatever it might be, this is your big chance to offer advice to a wide range of 190, now four listeners, 194. It's huge, huge audience. So 877-57-EQUAL. One more item of business. We are closing in the last two weeks as we're heading to Billings, Montana. It's a great place. truly is. Montana is a wonderful state. Billings, of course, has Billings Catholic Radio there. Roy Brown runs that operation. He's been very helpful and cooperative 
in getting us an audience. We're doing the TV show there. Living Right with Dr. Ray, we're taping portions of season number 13 before a live audience. Now, the show is taped, so if there are any mistakes made by me, technically, or even in the audience, with that, that never ha- we never have a problem with the audience. You don't have to worry about it. However, we'd love to have you there. There are two shows each night. I think five, I think they are five thirty and seven fifteen, if I remember my times correctly. And questions are: Can we come to one or more? You can come to as many as you want. Can we bring kids? Absolutely. Can we bring infants? Absolutely. We even had a dog once in the show. Yeah, we'll do anything to fill up those seats. So, Billings Catholic Radio, go there. They'll sign you up. Very easy. It says register. Love to have you. Got uh, about, uh, well, less than two weeks now for the program. So, pushing on you. Audience makes the show as far as I'm concerned. People say, I I really have a, a lot of questions I, I would want to ask God. If I get to heaven, I, I want to ask him some things about the faith or religion. And I understand that. But I pondered, what would I want to know? The church teaches that certain conduct is objectively wrong. It's wrong no matter who does it, when they do it, how they do it. It's wrong. But the church also teaches that only God knows how responsible, how blameworthy the person can be for that conduct. Only God knows. Furthermore, people have various levels of cognitive recognition. If you have someone who has had a brain damage and their personality seems to have abruptly changed, or someone heading into some form of dementia and their personality along the way, uh, for example, might become a little more immoral than it once was as their governor is starting to slip, or they become more hostile and angry. Those are sins, you know, if you look at it that way. Or the many, many, many people who were raised in situations that they were taught nothing about the faith. As a matter of fact, they were taught awful stuff. So I would want to know, how does God do that? It would seem to me, my limited knowledge, that he must have an infinite awareness of every single neurological connection of the trillions in every human brain. For God to know how responsible someone is, he's pretty much got to know their brain. He's got to know exactly what's going on up there. And the human brain is the most complex thing that we know of in the universe. I would want to know, God, how do you do that? Are, are you are you part in some way that we don't understand of every human brain? That you know exactly 
what damage there is there or which which connections are not working right or or where in the brain the right connections weren't made what is it because obviously if you have to say not everybody is held equally accountable and we all say that and the church teaches that god knows that but if someone is not held equally accountable then he he must have an infinite awareness of their brain or their history every single event in their history that misshaped their soul there are those who totally ignore God die at age 17 violently but they weren't raised in any kind of stable home and perhaps they've committed great evil in their lives how does God sort all that out see that's what I would ask now maybe that's because I'm a shrink and as a shrink, uh, I'm fascinated by that stuff. Very much so. I sit, I listen to people in my office, and some of them, I realize that were I in their situation, I'd probably be a very different person than I am right now. Very different. But I'm not in their situation. I wasn't raised like they were raised. I didn't have the trauma that they had. I didn't have... A brain aneurysm that perhaps destroyed some part of their brain. So that's all fascinated me. God, how do you do that? That's all. That, that, that's one of my questions. That's one of my big questions. How do you do that? Now, he may just simply say, Ray, you don't need to know. How I do it's my business. And because he's God, obviously, I'm not going to argue with him. But I'd be fascinated fascinated to know exactly how it is that God is connected in some way we don't understand. We don't understand how he is aware of every clump of connections, neurologically speaking, in the human brain, and there are trillions of connections up there, of the currently living seven to eight billion people on the earth. Whew. My mind spins. 877-57-EQUAL. 877-573-7825. I very much would like to visit with you, even for a few minutes. A call on the Danger Alert Channel. What do you want? Don't let everyone else get all the great advice. Call now to speak with Dr. Ray. The wisdom of Mother Angelica. I said to the churches one day, what do you think you're going to look like in heaven? Oh, some of them had absolutely magnificent ideas. I didn't think of one of them. And so I got desperate because then my turn came. I didn't know what to say. And so in desperation, I said, what do you think I'll wear in heaven? And they all said, with one voice, armor! EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things you don't believe in? There are options. You can join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based health-sharing community. Plus, 
Solidarity HealthShare can save you money with prices starting as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-398-9399. That's 844-398-9399. Hello, Steve Ray here. Everything in the Bible and in the Catholic Church starts with the book of Genesis. It reveals to us God's plan for mankind. Yet Genesis can be daunting, especially given the scientific discoveries of the last few centuries. Well, that's where I come in with my new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary. Discover a thoroughly Catholic approach to this exciting and dramatic ancient narrative that is so often misunderstood. You can get the book now on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. Check it out. Underwritten in part by this not-for-profit. Are you looking for peace? Longing for joy? Want to meet the giver of all goodness? God is calling the laity to bring Ignatian prayer into the suffering world. Work for the new evangelization. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. Order your free digital training and manual. Find true happiness and everlasting joy. Go to lordteachmetopray.com and click on the red button today. It's free. Approved by the USCCB. Emotionally peaking, all biorhythms in sync, aligned with Jupiter and Mars, pegging the IQ needle in the red zone. I'm Dr. Ray Garendi. Thanks for joining me here. And I'm looking at our calls being screamed up there, and that's nice to see. So let's go to an anonymous female calling from Michigan who got a little bit of uh, uh, distressing news. Hi, caller. Hello. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for the call. Okay, do you want me to explain what I'm asking a question about? Yeah, let me let me give a preface remark to this. This is this is a slightly sensitive topic. We'll choose our language carefully. So those of you who are listening with children, uh, maybe you either turn it down or turn it off if you wish. Or we'll do everything possible, and our caller will do the same, to keep the topic sensitive in case someone might be listening. Okay, all set. Okay, so recently my daughter, um, who is in her 20s, um, communicated to me that she had had some memory of um, being touched inappropriately by a cousin um, who was several years older than her and that she recalled that two incidences came to mind and um, this happened when we were you know hanging out as family at you know relatives house and so that was very disturbing as a as a mom and then um, of course and disturbing for I'm glad that she felt comfortable to share. And the reason she was sharing it was because she was trying to explain why she did not want to go to this cousin's event that was coming up and that she was not going to go. And I said that I told her that I understood. Um, The concern 
now is just am I handling it appropriately? Because my response then was, one, I have not told my husband about it because it's on his side of the family. And I know then that he might not want to go to this event and um, also that it could kind of blow up into something bigger with the whole family. And I'm not sure maybe I'm supposed to, but again, I, I, at this point regarding her keeping her privacy, my daughter's privacy of not saying anything. um, I did try to talk at least to another. I asked my daughter if it was okay to talk to my other daughter because I do have heard that when these circumstances occur, often another person can be, have had similar experience and I wanted to know. And um, so I did communicate that. But my question is, Besides suggesting that she, if she wanted to go to Catholic, a counselor or something, um, and is there anything else that I can be doing? And then the other thing is, is I have not told my husband, and I'm not sure if I need to or if I'm supposed to, if that's not, you know, okay for spouses to keep secrets about some things, because, again, where where is it going to go from that? And I know that he's going to be very upset about and maybe want to now go and talk to his sibling and and, and to the rest of the family. And, and again, I don't know if that bear any fruit. So, so that's my question. I, again, I'm feeling like I, I feel bad and I feel guilty, even though I realize internally there's nothing I could have done. I mean, these happened and it, it was in a, you know, bunch of cousins getting together and whatever. Um, somebody who had a larger house, you know, whatever, again, not knowing where your kids are every minute when they're, you know, she was around the age of say eight, 10 years old. And this, teenager was, um, you know, maybe 14, you know, 15, something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, there would be many, many unknowns in all of this. Um, the, the one thing we do know is it was incredibly wrong. Uh, we don't know if it was something that was uh, part of his immaturity. And that is something that he's never really done again, or he long ago ceased any kind of behavior similar to that. We don't know that. Uh, We don't know, um, for example, at this point, what would happen? What would be the repercussions of bringing this out? I'm assuming this was, what, 10, 12, 15 years ago? Yeah, I would say, um, yes, because she's 20... Um, two. Okay, so maybe 14, 15 years ago. So obviously, what now? Um, I, I cannot give you an answer on this because I there would be so, so, so much more that would be needed to know. Um, I can understand her not wanting to go. She can say, no, no, that's not going to happen. Now, since all that happened, was that cousin around everybody for several years after that? Yes. Okay. Um, I mean, probably, and then, yep, and then he went away to college for four years, and then now he's was, back. Was there any indication that from anywhere else, I mean, I, this is, again, hard to know, but any indication from anywhere else that he did this to somebody else? Um, my other daughter communicated, which I think was helpful to, because again, I did ask my other daughter if anything like this went on and she said, no, but he always made me uncomfortable. 
Um, so I just tried to avoid ever being alone with him. And, you know, they had like one of the relatives home, you know, that gaming system in one of the rooms and, you know, ping pong over in this, it was, it was a house that had, you know, multiple rooms and, and space. And that, that's apparently how that situation. And I think my, my other daughter was older, so maybe she was able to handle herself. One of the things that I'm seeing is that first of all, the young people have become hypersexualized and they've become hypersexualized at earlier ages and there has been at least in my experience a lot more sexual acting out and a lot more victimization because well for example I saw a recent survey that said approximately 90 percent of boys ages 11 to 19 have seen pornography so when when that happens, you're gonna you're gonna expect much more of this kind of behavior. Um. So again, I I can't comment on whether he quote unquote outgrew this, whether it was some aspect of his immature sexuality. I can't. I don't know. Um. And that's not really. I mean, again, partly for me is okay. He is is actually what he's doing is he's getting married. So I hope that he is, that it was just something, again, he was a minor at the time, because that, that was one of my, you know, well, how old was he, probably? And, right. and he was a minor, and like you said, it could have just been some, ex- whatever. Yeah, not um, not all people at that age who uh, do this kind of thing go on to become serial abusers in that, in yeah, that sense. exactly. And so that, um, and I... I, you know, overall think that that's the case. That's why I, again, my question more is, I mean, to me is one, is there anything else I should be doing? She basically, I think, doesn't want me to bring it up anymore. Um, okay. Of course, but it, Respect it, it's that. bothering me. It, I, I would, me. here's where I'd be nervous. Here's where I'd be nervous. One, first of all, I probably would, I probably would still go to the wedding. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to say, okay, based on based on all this, you have made yourself totally unacceptable to me, and I can't in any way have uh, association with you because of something 15 years ago. That for me, I probably wouldn't do that, and I've even had the exact same things happen in my own life personally, where I I did that. I didn't shun the person. Now. Yes. Your daughter, here's the one thing that would concern me. Well, other things, obviously. I would hope that she would be able to move beyond this and that she wouldn't view it as I'm irreparably damaged, that she wouldn't view it as the bad decisions I make in life or the struggles that I have are all rooted in that experience. I would hope not. I mean, that would be part of getting past this. When I was seven, I had something similar happen. Uh, okay, I mean, I was seven years old. I, I'm I'm fine. I'm not I'm not going to say, well, that happened, so therefore, um, right. and that's that's what I would hope your daughter wouldn't do. That she would just simply say, "Mom, I was eight years old. He was goofy. He was wrong. I'm sure hoping he's not victimized anybody else since. I don't know. I can't know. Uh, I just want to move on with my life." That's that's the thing that I see a lot of with people who, because they have struggles in their own lives, they point to an incident and say, that's the sole reason. Now, I know I'm going to get email 
because I could I can predict it where people are going to say you don't understand Dr. Ray that was horrible and awful and of course it's going to shape their life forever and ever well it doesn't have to be that because otherwise why would you go to therapy you go to therapy to get over it you don't go to therapy to dwell on it for the next 22 years um so I would I would hope it, to help your daughter I guess I'm, I'm running up against a break to help your daughter I would probably say have you have you resolved this for yourself uh, isn't it? Is it something that totally doesn't affect you anymore in any emotional way? Um, now, my my guess would be that that, that you're going to hear that it still does affect her. This is Doctor Ray. EWTN Family Prayer with Father Joseph. Family, a prayer that we pray together is a powerful prayer. So please pray together with me, our EWTN Family Prayer. Today we pray for those who have diabetes. Almighty God, we worship you, our Father. And we pray this day for those who suffer with diabetes. Look upon your children with this illness and grant them relief. Give them patience and the grace of perseverance in taking care of their health. Show them the way to physical and spiritual well-being. Let their cry come to your ears and bring them healing in mind and body and soul. We ask this in the holy name of Jesus, your Son. Amen. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio. Suffering in the world, personal suffering. One of the biggest things that keeps people from really giving themselves over to the Lord or joining an organized religion. Suffering doesn't seem to make sense. Why do children suffer? Why are there wars? Why is there persecution? Why are some people poor, others rich? Why is there such an imbalance? And on and on and on. A loving God wouldn't do that. Well, God doesn't do that. First of all, we did it to ourselves because in the beginning, right, we chose incorrectly. And then sin came into the world. It was not supposed to be like this, but God gives us free will. He does not want to force himself on us because otherwise we would be puppets. But how many of us can look back and forget what came out of a particular hard time? You don't learn really good, strong lessons when everything is going great. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. Dr. Ray Garendi, a graduate of Catholic Media School of, um, well, I mean, like, you know, um, articulation and stuff. Good to have you with me. Doing some heavy thinking here, burning a few calories. They say you can burn calories by doing a lot of thinking. So, hey, this could be a, a dietary experience for you this hour. Think hard. Burn up some calories. And don't eat the chocolate chip cookie because that's probably comparable to about eight shows of burning calories. 
Patricia has a suggestion from uh, St. Louis Covenant Radio area. She says, uh, Dr. A, you know, this necessarily isn't my personal insight, but this is an insight that Mother Teresa did, how she handled the interpersonal relationships, which might be translated into friction with her sisters. Hi, Patricia. Hi, how are you? Thank you for I'm taking my call. Surely. She had um uh, she has uh these sisters uh of her order all over the world and they're in groups. And she got a call one day uh in India and she said this lady said, you know, our group is not working very well. We're arguing and fussing and we can't get our work done and can you help us? So she gets out of plane, she goes over there, and she puts all the women in a circle. Uh, and she points to the first one. She says, I'm going to start with you. You tell one good thing about everybody in the circle. And when you get through the second one, well, they got to the second one, and everybody started bursting out laughing. They couldn't. They couldn't figure out why they were there doing all this arguing. And so they stopped the arguing and it solved the problem. So she did in 15 minutes what maybe group dynamics coach couldn't do because uh, she did it with love and she did it with passing on the love to her sisters. So that's if, if she can do that with a bunch of sisters, why can't a family do that when they're having quarrels and arguments and things? Would that work in a family with children and adults? I have a book, Patricia, called Simple Steps to a Stronger Marriage. Step number nine in the book is called Make a List. What that is is that the spouse is supposed to write down all that they admire, all that they think is positive, attributes, like, about their spouse. And this is oh. typically helpful when the marriage is friction-filled, when the marriage seems to be nothing but negative. I had a lady email me a few weeks ago saying she did this with her husband. He was suspicious. He... She said, I, I want to talk to you. I, I wrote down some things that I like about you. And he said, well, we'll do it later. Because apparently they were not getting along. She said, no, I want to do it now. She said she was totally surprised at how much she could think of about him. That was good and positive. And it doesn't have to be huge. You know, you, you, you take care of the front flower beds really nice. You sweep out the garage twice a week could be anything it doesn't have to be all virtue simply be behavior so i advise people to do this because it is too easy when you get into a relationship that starts to be unpleasant or friction filled you forget you don't pay attention you ignore you regress back yeah. toward the ugly and you you don't, you know, if you're in a bad marriage, what stands out to you is all of the interpersonal conflicts as opposed to what is left good about that other person. 
Now, every once in a while, I will hear somebody say, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but if I could think of anything good, I'd write it down. Well, that tells me more about the person talking than about the other person. Just a quick question. Did she go through the whole circle of everybody saying no, something? No, she just got, no, she got to the second person. That was it? Because they knew they'd have to do the same thing. And then, yeah, that was it. What do you now, suppose it was? That? Patricia, what do you suppose it was about that that the rest of them decided were being foolish, were being silly, were being unpleasant to each other? How did they decide that? Did they did they listen and say, well, obviously, if she can come up with something nice about her, I probably can come up with something nice about everybody here. What what was it? It wasn't the laughter. It had to be some kind of change in attitude. No, the laughter came after they heard the first one and a half person. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You can't you can't question laughter. You can't question smile. You can't look at a kid and say, "Why are you laughing? Why are you smiling so much?" Well, you can. It's just it's just yeah. You're laughing right now. Why are you laughing? Because it's the Uh, shrink in me that's curious on what it was that that first sister said something nice about the second sister. They all started laughing. She all I would... No, she had to. No, she had to go around the whole circle. Oh, 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 oh! She had to say something she nice had to about everybody. Good about everybody. In oh, the oh, okay. That that's a little more clear to me. Realized that you know this is this is silly. I don't want to do this anymore. I want to go back to work. <laughs> so so they started laughing. One sister did it. Nobody else had to do it, and they all right. dodged the yeah. bullet. Okay, I got it. Well, I don't know. I put that way. I just the trip was worthwhile. Let's say that the trip was worthwhile. They didn't have to get uh, a psychologist to come in. All due respect to all your fine work, they didn't have to have somebody come in and do something to them. They didn't See, I would have. I would have made them make a list. I they see, could get out of this mess. Mother Teresa was much, much more succinct than I am. I would have made him do a list. I'd say, all right, I want a list, and I want you to read the list. We're going to go around this circle, and everybody's going to read the list about those other people. And I want at least three things from each of you. But Yeah, that's... I like that. I like that better. I like making a list. My mother made me, she made me a list of things to do. It took away a lot of my arguments what was to do. <laughs> I gave there you that you last week, but I couldn't get on again because, you know, technology and stuff. Well, I got it. <laughs> Patricia, thank you. Good stuff. I appreciate that. Uh, just for those yeah, of you God listening, thank, thank you, Patricia. You. Uh, just for those of you listening, if if you, you know, if you want to write in um, and say nice things about me, I mean, I, I'm open to that. Uh, if you don't, uh, what I can do is I can send out via Facebook or some kind of uh, media outlet uh something that i can say nice about me and then you can just sign it that'd be good okay or you could maybe give me one of those thumbs up kind of things that they do on uh on internet or whatever it is with a with a thumb up something like that or a like you know like a sticker you give me a sticker you give me a digital sticker 877-57 equal is the number to call to get onto the program 877-57 equal 
situations, problems, struggles, suggestions, helpful suggestions, something that confuses you about life, maybe even a faith question. The Catholic Catechism tells us that an evil end can corrupt an objectively good act. Our Lord pointed this out when he spoke of Pharisees praying and fasting, both objectively good acts, in order to be seen by men, a morally corrupt end which therefore corrupts all the actions. On the other hand, a good intention cannot justify an objectively evil action. One cannot turn fornication, a morally evil action in and of itself, by participating in it, even to save a life. Fornication is always wrong because it involves a disorder of the will, a moral evil. It is an error, the Catholic Catechism tells us, therefore to judge an act merely by considering the intention that inspired it or the circumstances such as social pressure or emergency. The end never justifies the means. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. Today, many U.S. citizens chafe under big government and have actually turned anti-government. St. Paul, however, teaches that in some way, the civic authorities are ministers of God. Even King Jesus didn't consider it unjust to give taxes to Caesar. But we must never let Caesar or the king, the prime minister, uh, stand in the place of God and control our conscience. When ancient Israel demanded that Samuel give them a human king, Samuel warned them that he's going to bring heavy taxes, he's going to bring a military draft, he's going to favor the rich. And when Jesus, the true king, actually arrives, he dies for his people, because that's what a true king is willing to do. King Jesus, still on the throne, no matter what presidents, dictators, or earthly rulers do. And we have to remember, we get our marching orders from him. Cresta in the Afternoon weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. Speaking two to four hundred words a minute with gusts up to eight hundred sustained 400 words a minute. It's Dr. Ray Gurney. Thank you for joining me here on The Doctor Is In. 877-57-EQUAL is the number to call. We're a little, well, a little more than halfway through the program. But if you called, you can still get on because we choose calls on the basis of many factors, not just chronological snobbery on my part. 877 57 Equal is the number. Physics has a law called the law of entropy. Now, this is is going to be related to what our previous caller said and my make-a-list suggestion. The law of entropy says everything decays. Iron rusts, wood rots. The stars will burn out. They will. Many of them are in the latter stages of their lifetimes. Given enough time, the universe will just be a heat death. There's a parallel 
the parallel I call the law of social entropy. Even good relationships decay. Now, by that, I don't mean they get worse. Many good relationships get even better. What I mean is that there can be a sloppiness that can enter in. Not as complimentary as used to be. You don't you don't make the observations like Mother Teresa went and she had those sisters say something nice or that one sister say something nice about each of the other sisters. Well, the question becomes, is that not something she did? Why was it so foreign to evoke so much laughter? In marriages, that happens all the time. We don't use manners like we used to. Sometimes I'll say marriages, some marriages don't have the manners of a five-year-old. And it's not because the marriages are hostile. It's because the law of social entropy is rearing its ugly head, forgive the mixed metaphor, lazy and sloppy. Don't do the good things that we once did or that would make things better. Law of social entropy. Let's go to an anonymous female calling from Indiana. Hi, caller. Caller, you there? I'm here. There we go. Thank you for the call. Okay. Um, did you um, get my my information? Yeah. Hard to find a teaching job. Is that for you or someone you know? No, for me. I'm. You know, I am 61. I've only had like one year of experience. I'm in the transition to teaching with special education, but I'm just not getting you know, teaching jobs, you know, they want to give me a jobs, which I did for 10 years, but I just am not able to get a teaching job. When you say a job, you mean just sort of anything? Well, no, special education. What kind of, what kind of a job in special education? Um, well, I, uh, I had, um, you know, I had an a job where I worked with numbers of different kids, kids with emotional disabilities, physical disabilities, um, learning disabilities. So I, I've done them all um, for the last 10 years, and I, I was able to get a teaching job last year, but I'm just not able to get one this year. I don't know what's going on. Was it just a one-year contract? Uh, yeah, it was a, just a one-year contract, yes. Would you suppose... And they made the position, and they made the position an aid position, the position I had. So they save a little money. Yeah, right, exactly. Do you suppose that has anything to do with your age? Uh, yes, I think it probably has a lot to do with my age, that, that I'm 61, yes. Okay. What would you like to do if you couldn't get your number one choice, which would be a classroom position, what would you like to do second? Um, if I couldn't get a classroom position, I, I guess I'd, I'd like to get out. Um, I, I guess I've always been a travel agent on the side, become a business development manager for a tour operator. Oh, all right. How disappointed would you be if you didn't get the classroom spot? I mean, fairly disappointed. 
would you take it personally? In other words, there's something about me that they don't like or they wouldn't they yes, wouldn't hire. Would. Now, yeah, why would, would. would why would you do that? Oh, uh, I don't know. I just was thinking there's this must be something about me that, you know, that they people don't like or I you know what I mean that I did wrong or something like that. Do you have any evidence for that? Um well, maybe one thing, yes. But that was at the, you know, I don't know why the other uh, school districts school districts wouldn't take me versus the one I'm in now, or was in. Sometimes there's there's two factors here. Sometimes people are not going to <clears throat> want you for certain positions or certain jobs or certain status places because of something they perceive they perceive you're 61 so therefore in their mind 61 means a lot of things to them it doesn't mean experience it means how long is she going to be with us it means is her energy level down what whatever they choose to interpret from age 61 is something you can't really control. True? Right. Yeah. True. So for you I mean, to I don't say... I gray hair or anything. Well, for you to say, I'd take it personally, it would have to mean that some, somewhere, somehow, some way, you did something to show that you are not competent enough in somebody's mind to be in a classroom. Now, you don't know that. All you know is, to your awareness, there was one incident somewhere back when, uh, and you still don't understand how others would be aware of that incident. So I guess what I'm saying to you is it'd be one thing to say I'm having a hard time getting back into the classroom at age 61. That's, that's, That's realistic. That's logical. That makes sense. It's not rational to say, because I can't get into the classroom, there must be some kind of deficiency in me. Now, if you do that, you're going to be a lot more upset. Okay, so say again, just say there must be some deficiency in me? or Yeah, yeah, you're saying I take it personal, which means you're saying there's something that I lack. There's something about me that they don't want to hire me. It may be, I don't know what that could be, but it may be nothing. And furthermore, it may be just their perception. They may just simply say, you don't interview well. Or they may say, 61, we don't know how long she'd be here. She could retire at age 62. Whatever it might be. Or they might say, you know, she doesn't have enough experience. She's She's been an individual tutor, but... She has no experience in the classroom other than perhaps one year. So their view is, no, no, we would we would rather hire someone. Do you have a master's degree? No. Okay. No. Because... I'm in a transi- transition to teaching um, program uh, for special ed that the state of Indiana pays for. Okay. So in other words, you you are in a position that the school district doesn't have to pay for... 
if you do something like that. But if you go into a classroom, now the district is going to have to pay your salary, correct? Correct. Okay. It could come down to a matter of dollars and cents. They may say to themselves, we can hire a 23-year-old out of college at base rate, whatever that might be, 36000 whatever it is in that district, which is a lot cheaper, and that 23-year-old may be around for many, many years, and we wouldn't have to worry about transitioning the position, and this 61-year-old could be around for two, three, four years, and that could be it. Now, that has nothing to do with who you are. It just has to do with the reality of how they're looking at it. Oh, I see. Okay. I'll give you a small example, just a personal example. When I was heavy into secular media, this was many years ago, probably started when I was about 35, I would do a lot of shows. A lot of the national shows, Oprah and Jenny Jones, CBS This Morning, Scott Ross Primetime, Joan Rivers, did all those shows. And the producers would tell me, boy, we don't understand why you don't have your own TV show. We just don't get it. You you just seem to be tailor-made for television. And every single, what I thought was an avenue, fell through. Every single one. I gave up. I just simply said, well, it's not going to happen. It is not going to happen. And lo and behold, (laughs) much later in life, I got to be with EWTN. And I can talk about God, and I can talk about morals, and I can talk about many of the things that I probably would not have been able to talk about or would have had to make compromises on had I gotten those positions. So for me, I didn't take it personal. I didn't say, well, I must not be very good. Or even if I did, my attitude was, so what? God's not going to look at me and say, you know, Ray, uh, I really wanted you to come to heaven, but, uh, well, I just decided you, you weren't skilled enough on TV, so uh, you can't come to heaven. See what I mean about not, uh, take, not taking it personal? Right. Yeah. That's what you, you didn't really say, why is it so hard to find a teaching job these days? You, you really said, why is it so hard for me to find a teaching job these days? Right. I know. You got to be careful, my dear, about all of a sudden just, I don't want to say demeaning yourself because you can't. Um, a lot of factors beyond your control. Thank you. Thank you for calling and thinking enough to call in. I appreciate that. And good luck to you in whatever job you land in. Kind of like me. I never would have thought I'd be doing this. When I got out of grad school, I thought I was going to be sitting in an office seeing clients hour after hour. Thank you for the call, dear. Uh, Andrew, am I past break? You're welcome. I'm past break. You better take a break. Okay. When I was outside of the church, there was always an unsettled feeling. There was always a feeling of something missing and something not complete. The, the deal clincher is we found our way to our, our parish. And we met just an incredible pastor. We learned things that we'd never been taught. Wouldn't be the person that I am without the church and without the sacraments, particularly the Eucharist. I can't live without it. If you've been away from the Catholic Church, visit catholicscomehome.org. If we think like children, can we get a better workout? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. 
For many of us, getting a workout means going for a run, lifting weights, or doing some push-ups. But are we having fun doing any of those things? Many experts suggest that we need to incorporate play and fun into our workouts, just like when we were kids. We got plenty of exercise, climbing trees, playing ball, or chasing a friend. Now some personal trainers are incorporating childlike routines in their planned workouts to keep things fresh and filled with fun. The experts suggest that we watch kids at play and mirror their exercise. Kids don't usually run for miles and miles. They run, stop, jump, and play. Then they do it again. They mix things up. They laugh. They still sweat, and they still get out of breath. They get a good workout. We can do the same. For more on playful workouts, head over to our Journey Strong tab at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Last two minutes of the program. So really don't have time to do much else other than to flap my jaw. Do want to put out another shout out for the folks in Billings, Montana. As I said, God willing, we're coming September 25th and 26th to your town to tape Living Right with Dr. A, the TV show. Two episodes each evening. If you would like to be in the audience, we would love you to be in the audience. Bring all your kids. You know, a couple of you big homeschooling families can fill up an audience yourself. Kids like it. Kids have fun. Go to uh, BillingsCatholicRadio.com and you can register. There's a sign-up sheet there. And people ask all kinds of questions. Can we bring our little ones? Absolutely, you can bring your little ones. Hey, we have a psychologist on the venue in case there's an emergency temper tantrum or anything like that. Also, um, you can come one, two, three, four. If you, if you stay between the shows, you get fed. We you feed you. So think about that. You know, one of these big families of seven kids, you get fed. You feed them probably 40, 50, 60 bucks worth of food. That's worth it in and of itself, isn't it? It's kind of like those timeshare things where they invite you to do a timeshare and they give you a $50 gift certificate to some local restaurant because you have to sit and listen to their timeshare presentation. And we kind of do the same thing. You know, you sit and listen to me for about an hour. The show is in several segments, a lot of breaks. You can see what goes on behind the scenes. It's kind of like making sausage. You think to yourself, whoa, that's what they do to make sausage. I don't think I want sausage anymore. But hopefully the final product is not sausage, but bacon. So, I want to thank Andrew Kruchek, my producer man, and Eric Dumont, call screamer man, for always making the show go smoothly. Monday through Friday, 1 o'clock Eastern Time, the show is a cooperative venture between the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and Ave Maria Radio Communications absolute delight to be with you good lord permitting i will talk to you tomorrow you have one 
walk that is, or could be, could be. You want it to be forever. You don't want it to be a walk that ends. That's not what you want. Walk with God. For information on Dr. Ray's presentations, books, and CDs, visit DRA.com and follow him on Facebook. The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.